Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm super glad that you're here. If you haven't picked up a copy of the Dad Tired Q&A mixtape, Jesus-Centered Answers to Questions About Faith and Family, uh, you can get that right now wherever books are sold. Amazon has a great pre-order deal where whatever the cheapest price is before it releases, you get that price regardless of when you order. So if you order it right now and the price drops, that's okay. They will give you the cheapest price and they will ship it out to you as soon as it releases next month. Um, Some of the chapters of this, uh, we got track one, diapers, slides, and discipleship. What is spiritual leadership? Things like, how can I consistently invest in my marriage? How can I maintain intimacy with my wife? How can I stay close to my wife when we just had a baby? How can I pray with my kids? How can I consistently connect with my kids? How do I teach my kids how to fight well? What does it look like for me as a Christian and a dad at the same time? How do I pursue my relationship with God and spiritual disciplines? Uh, Anyway, I can go on and on, but the book covers all kinds of topics that you probably are wrestling through as a young husband, father, disciple. And so I think this book is going to be really helpful for you. Would love for you to pick up a copy. Again, you can do that wherever books are sold. It's called the Dad Tired Q&A Mixtape. Go pick up a copy of that now. I'm really excited for today's episode, so I will get out of the way and we'll jump right in. KB, so excited to be hanging out with you today, man. I was just telling you right before I hit record that my level of like coolness for myself, even the word coolness just shows how not cool I am. (laughs) (laughs) But my level of uh, coolness for my, in my son's eyes just has increased dramatically. I love it. Just by me hanging out with you. But anyway, man, how are you today? What are you up to these days? I am well, I am well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. My, actually my executive assistant has been a avid supporter of the podcast for some time now. Oh, nice. uh, so he, he didn't even have to send me, uh, he did, but he didn't have to send me a link to learn more about your platform. He was able oh, to explain man. everything to me. It's like, you, you, wow. you don't want to be a part of this brother. No, um, so I'm grateful for the opportunity. I am in Tampa, Florida. I'm these days home. I've been on the road just about all year and looking forward to finishing up my album we are recording the audiobook for Dangerous Jesus, a book that I wrote last year that releases next year uh, in March of uh, 2023. And then we are also getting uh, very, very serious about our podcast, Southside Rabbi. Mm-hmm. My best friend and I have had this podcast for some time now, and we are organizing our schedules to prioritize the, it in the time yeah ahead of us. So that's kind of the the scope of what we were on. And then I am a father with three wonderful children, a two-year-old, a uh, seven-year-old, and an eight-year-old. Uh-huh. And uh, the husband to Michelle of going on 13 years now. And uh, she loves and likes me. And so that's the, uh, the other large part of what it means to be me is uh, loving and shepherding and developing them. How are you doing with that, bro? Like we're in the similar life stage. Like we've been married the same amount of time. We have kids. Oh, nice. Yeah, we have kids really close in age. And you're you're doing a lot, bro. Like you're you're on the road all the time. You just wrote yeah. this book, which I'm excited to hear about the book, podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so you just trying to be engaged as a husband and dad, like where you feel like you're doing well, where you feel like, oh man, yes. I need to grow in this area. There's a lot of stuff I need to grow in. <laughs> yeah. Let me start with with what I like. I do have a principle that was inspired by a thought that I had talking to uh, reflecting on some really, really successful people that I know that have 
just genius minds that they're they're innovative monsters mm. and they will complain that they're not able to really be present with their children like they want to or if they're older in ways that they wish they had mm. and sometimes when it's talked about it almost seems like these individuals weren't able because of what they had going on there was just no capacity and i've always been struck by the thought that if we consider ourselves innovative and creative and hardworking, and we can use all of those things to make millions of dollars and lead dozens of people, hundreds of people in some of these dudes' cases, there is no excuse why you could not use that innovation, creativity, yeah. and hard work to create a context in where you are engaged with your children. Yeah. Just use the gifting that you have at home. And I think for me, I'm always I'm always approaching what's happening in my household with the level uh, with a level of, of fervor, intentionality and Lord willing creativity that I even want to supersede all these other efforts that I'm using that for in the world. And as I have done that, I have seen that even in my busy years, I'm able to, by God's grace, rein in the demand. So that it does not sort of spill into this situation where I do not have enough time for my children. I do not have enough time for my wife. When I hit that space where the crisis that happened in with my children, whether it be something at school or the things that my wife needs from her husband, when I get to the place where I'm unable to serve in those areas, I am busier than God would have me to be. And I'll be honest with you. I have been grateful for that because I've had those moments and those are the things that people like me need to reflect on. So we know where we need to say no, where I need to stop, where I need to pull back, where I need to get more essential and have less range. Those moments that push me to do it were on the back of me realizing that it is God's will for me to do the things that I have been called to do, but never at the expense of my availability to my wife and my children. And when that I start paying that expense, it's been a bittersweet thing because it's bitter because it's my family's hurting. But it's sweet because now I have clear directive. It's clearer than God speaking to me face mm. to face. Mm. You're doing too much or something needs to go. Mm. And by God's grace, I've just been doing that throughout the years. So we've planned out when we're going to be busy and then it get really, really intentional when around those areas to be sure that we are covering ground with our date nights. And also we call them daddy hour. I call them daddy hours mm. uh, that I'm getting daddy hours with the children. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in a lot of ways been sort of arranged my life around that principle that is very simple. If I don't have time for my children and my wife, I am busier than I am no longer in the will of God, at least for me. And I'm busier than he would have me to be. And let's go ahead and align that thing back up by losing some of the ambition or or creating a space where that is not the problem. Yeah. I love the way you said it's like bittersweet because when you think about bittersweet, you're thinking about like, you know, obviously it's bitter because your family's suffering, but if there's sweetness, like I was thinking of the light going off in the dashboard of your car telling you something's wrong, like that sucks. Yes. It's also like, I'm thankful that it came on because if that didn't come on and I kept driving down the road, my car is going to break down. Yes. And what we don't want is to get 20 years into marriage and our wife's like, I'm leaving. Or my kids are like, I hate you, dad. Yes. (laughs) My dad wasn't there. Or he's sitting in a counselor's office. She's sitting in a counselor's office because like my dad wasn't present. 
And so even though the it's bitter, the sweetness is that the dash light came on. Yes. It's the so gift now, of warning. It's yeah. the gift of warning. Yeah, that's a good way of saying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, though, how much like, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. As I'm sure. getting further along in marriage and more of my hairs are turning gray on my head, like one thing I'm learning is I don't know how much of it is time and how much of it is intentionality. And yes. And part of it is like, I think a lot of dudes, they're, the feedback loop is faster for them in their work. And so it's just easier to prioritize that because like for you, bro, like you can put out a song that crushes and immediately you're going to see results yeah, in, yeah, all yeah. The, in all the measurable areas. You're going to yes. see results. Yes. But you go home and you put in five years. Yeah. What are the indicators <laughs> that you're doing well? Yes. Like you, you put in five years and all, and your kids yeah. are still disobedient. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Your wife still has things that she wants to work through. And so it's like, yes. okay, well, I'm, maybe I'll just spend more time at home. Like, have you noticed that maybe just in guys in general, it's like, well, I know I could probably figure out the time, but it, honestly, it's just easier for me to go to work because I crush it at work and I don't crush yeah. it at home. Absolutely. No, I think you're right. And I think in some respects, home is, uh, yeah, it's so ambiguous in terms of how we understand ourselves. And I say that it's particularly with the range of emotions you feel. So when I'm at home and let's say something isn't working out, whether it be with my wife, with my children, it's often more difficult for a man to put his finger on exactly what he is feeling. What should he be feeling? What shouldn't he be feeling? What is crossing the line? What should I stand up for myself for? Where do I need to lay my my life down? Mm. It's not as clear when as if you are in something that's a little more straightforward, even if it's something like basketball, if we're just playing basketball with each other, there are clear winners, losers, rules, things you can do, these things that you can't do. There's the ambiguous nature of home life sometimes can lead you to a space where you're, you're utterly confused about yourself. And then obviously that would spill into how you're treating those around you. So I, I resonate with that. I do think what I alluded to a little bit earlier has been saving grace to me that if I can build a multi-million dollar company using a set of skills that I've gotten via schooling or life experience or reading, if I can do that, and, and I'm not just talking about the profits, I mean, what happens in that? There's, there's, there's staff involved, there's business deals that have to be made, there's long hours, there's digging deep, there's sweat, there's tears, there's blood. If I have the capacity to do that, then I know that I am able to do that in my home, that I can read regularly about what it means to, to, this is the conundrum that we talk about with with young people these days, right? Mm -hmm. You all dream of being these independently wealthy, be your own boss, you know, that kind of thing. You don't have any vision for all the work that that would acquire or any plan to do the work. But that's the same thing for us in our homes that, these things, a good household isn't established by just wanting it. The desire for you know, strong, godly children and a loving, cherishing, mutually cherishing relationship with your, your spouse in a place that feels like, like you know, an oasis, that I'm retreating from the chaos of this world yeah. and coming home to a place of peace, that doesn't happen without the same level of intentionality that you had to put into the things that are outside of your house. You know that it works when it comes to making a million dollars. You need to know that that's the same way that it works when it comes to building a a happy, healthy home. So that's all that to say that I really think that's the salient point here. And here's some of the things that I, just real quick, that I would say 
that I want to look at when I'm thinking, okay, where's the KPI here? You know what I'm saying? How do I know that I'm, I'm making headway? What I have done, and I'm totally open to be corrected on this, brother, because we're figuring this out. One is that I've tried to make the behavior of my children a secondary indicator of how they're actually doing. And, and I've tried to make really the emotional, the dynamic emotional lives that they have a priority for me to understand. I was from second grade to eighth grade. I'll never forget this, man. I was very depressed. And I didn't know that's what it was until I got later in my life. Wow. I had all the signs. I've, I've talked to talk through this with professionals, all of the signs. I lacked motivation. I, I was, uh, I dreamed sometimes of taking my life. I, it was like the gray skies for years. And I would tell my mom and dad all the time. I was like, well, my mom and then her husband, who was my dad for seven years, I would say, I feel like there are butterflies in my stomach and I can't get them out. And they would just kind of, they would kind of like, well, you, man, you, you'll be all right. Don't, don't worry about it. I thought I had ulcers. I heard that sometimes if you have ulcers, it feels like butterflies. So I, I would ask them, can we go to the doctor to see if I have ulcers in my stomach because something isn't wrong? My life is basically sad all the time with moments of happiness. And then when I feel happy, I remember that I'm just going to be sad again tomorrow. And I went through that for years and no one around me. And I love my mom. My mom is a superstar, a hero of mine. And one of my best friends to this day, she lives with me. I think in some ways they weren't trained to pick up on the complexity of the emotional wrestles of children. Yeah. It's you're a child. You, you ain't got taxes. Like <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. So I really, to, my ability to know what's going on in my children's hearts through as express itself through their emotions. Can they tell me what they're feeling? Can I help them articulate mm -hmm. what they're feeling? And then as a result, are they getting good rest? Are they eating good? Is there anything abusive happening with uh, when they're at their cousin's house? Uh, are they picking up on traits on YouTube kids? Well, we may need to ban YouTube, which we did, YouTube kids for a while. I'm trying to have the byproduct be a well-behaved, God-loving child. But the prime focus is to make sure that they are healthy internally. That I, and I'm also creating a space that, in the externals that supports an internally healthy child. So I try to focus on that. And I feel like I'm winning when my son comes to me and says, dad, am I in love? Or dad, I feel that my son said this the other day, I feel sad and I don't know why. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And if you're black, you know, then I think about the, the racial dynamics mm -hmm. of this world. My mm -hmm. son came up to me, they're learning about civil rights in kindergarten. They're learning about civil rights movement. And he said, why? Why were Black people treated so poorly? Mm. He's resonating with the suffering of the racial group that he's a part of. This is an opportunity for me to talk about the image of God, to talk about the history of, of this nation and the ideals we're trying to realize. That's when I, when that kind of stuff is happening, I'm putting up W's on the board, baby. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm enriched by it. Well, what you're describing is the way that, which is so beautiful, by the way, it's the way that. God parents us. Woo! If, if God only parented our behavior, we'd be in bad shape. Oh my goodness. But what he's doing is he's parenting our heart. Mm. And that's what you're describing. I want to parent my kid's heart, not just their behavior. And behavior yes. will always be a result of parenting their heart. Yes, sir. And, and God, that's what God does to us. Instead that's of money. just jolting us down with lightning at any given time, which he could and maybe should do, 
yes. he slows down enough to say like, let's talk about repentance. Let's talk about yes. what's going on here. <laughs> you know, like, yes. And so he's parenting our hearts and that's the way we want to parent, which in my experience, we don't do that. Cause it's again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's just slow. Yes. Like I can yell at my kids and get quick behavior modification. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. stop doing this, stop hitting them, stop doing, or you whatever the behavior is. It, and it increases in consequence as they get older. Right. So, you know, st- just stop doing, looking at that or stop acting like whatever the thing is. Right, right, right. But we miss the heart and, uh, and it, it's way harder. And this goes back to all the way, what we were talking about at the very beginning of the conversation as a dad who's busy and I've got a million things going on. Yeah, it's just easy for me to say, you know, shut up, stop doing that. You're in trouble, whatever. Ground you, take away yes. this. Yes, because I I got work to do. That's right. But a dad, a gospel centered dad, a dad that's trying to follow Jesus would say, well, the most important work I got to do is parenting the the heart of my child. So I got to slow right. down here. That email that's isn't right. as important. That's right. So it's it's going to mean me sitting down, bro. Yeah, that was really good, right. man. What you said, that's really good. Amazing. And I think if we had more dads parenting hearts, not just behavior, like the the world would be different. You talked about right. your your mom's husband. Like, what was your dad relationship? Yeah, going. Yeah, so biological father uh, never met him. He was killed in a drug deal when I was two. My mother remarried, probably around two or three. That was a kind of an abusive relationship. My mother divorced him. She started dating a military man, and he became her second husband. And then my mom, myself, and my dad, as in my mom's second husband, lived on a military base for wow. seven years in wow. up north, uh, Scott Air Force Base. And I actually had a good relationship with him, very good relationship with him. Those seven years, I reflect on mainly positively. He taught me a ton of what it means to be a man. I got to see an example of a dude waking up at 5 a.m. To this day, I wake up early because of him. We were up at 5 a.m. every day, except Saturdays. And Saturdays was 8. And then I was out in the yard cutting grass, cutting neighbor's grass. I learned about hard work. Mm. Uh, I learned about earning a wage. I reflect positively on those years. They were the, I think I was probably like 6 or 7 to about 13, 14. So some of the most important years of a young man's life. I had a father in the household. He was a good dad, actually, to me. But the divorce shed things in another light, which had me hate him for many years mm. because the divorce was was pretty ugly. He did some pretty unsavory things afterwards. Mm. And obviously, wanted to protect my mom. That put us at odds. Also, wanting to protect myself. When my parents divorced, I moved to Southside St. Petersburg. I went from living on an Air Force base surrounded by soldiers with AR-15s. I never saw crimes being committed. I never had interactions with the police, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. To moving to Southside St. Petersburg is a place that is nexus, abject poverty. And then there's a whole bunch of other dynamics that go along with living in insecurity. And then to be there without the protector, the guy I thought could beat up anybody in the world, the guy who I thought was a superhero, mm-hmm. the guy I could call on if I'm being bullied, there was nobody to call, to call mm-hmm. myself. Wow. So when he left, he took my identity and my security. So that was the kind of the dynamics that I had to deal with. And by God's grace, it was the hatred I had for him and the darkness that the divorce created in my life that actually made the backdrop for the gospel to shine all the brighter. And the Lord used that to bring me to where I am today, um, which is I don't feel those ways at all. How old are you? Do you mind me asking how old you are? I am 34. Okay. So we're the same age. Uh, 
you're a year younger, but I want to say we're the same age. <laughs> uh, dude, how hard is it for you to like go back and reflect on all those years, especially now? Cause I feel like it'd be easy for you to just like sit in the good stuff, but I'm asking selfishly because it's hard for me to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mentally, it's hard for me to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel that. No, I think a lot of dudes, and I'm asking this for the guys who are listening too, because it's like, you know, I think for so much of our childhoods shaped us. And yet, I don't know if a lot of dudes like are anxious to get back and kind of relive those years and, <laughs> and to try to make specific ties to like, oh, this happened and that's why I do this now. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, no, it, is that, that hard for you? Man, I think it used to be, seriously, like, uh, especially through my 20s, where I had the inclination to pick up and call someone mm. that should be, that I, I was given that inclination from God. We f- Fathers need fathers, you know what I'm mm. saying? And I couldn't do that, and not because he was dead, but because he, he left me. And I think thinking about the dynamics of that was very, very angering for me to the point I would say, and I'll say this on, on, on your podcast, there's some juicy gossip on KB. I think probably up until I was 27 or 28 years old that I wasn't sure what I would do if I ran into my dad. Mm. I didn't feel like I hated him, but I am now from, from a place of being empowered. I didn't know if I ran into him in the airport, if he were to say something slick to me or something, oh, I, I, I didn't know what I would do but my mom is very sick. She's lived with me for many years now. Mm. And I can't help but think some of the stresses that marriage, marriage is already stressful. And then when you have agents in that stress, in that arrangement that are pressing down on an already hard institution, that does, it does more than just things for that last for the moment. You, You could be shaving years off your spouse's life. Yeah, I'm a part of a marriage right now. I'm part of a good marriage where I feel deeply that I want this to be a place where she can breathe, where she feels like her wings mm-hmm. can be expanded. I want to help her fly. I just take it very, very seriously when what I saw happen in my household and I see that happening in other people's households. It's just a very ugly thing. So anyways, when I reflect on that, I'm like up until 27, 28 years old. But I, I think it's that age because that's when I realized that my daddy wounds were much wider than I thought they were. Yeah. I wrote a song that's actually coming out next year uh, mm. with another friend of mine, Deshaun, called Daddy. And in that song, he and I go back and forth about basically writing this letter to our father. Wow. And uh, I wept my eyes out for weeks working mm. on that song, weeks working on that song. And I had to go to counseling and everything because I realized that. All my hard work, the things that I have accomplished, however unimpressive or impressive they might be, there's still this thing in the back of my head that is waiting for somebody to say, well done. And I'm working for this invisible approval and I'm giving everything that I can. I'm I'm staying up late. People are coming around me, patting me on the back. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I I appreciate it. But but I still got more to do. And I, I cannot enjoy the fruit of my labor because the one approval I need, I'm never going to get. And this is why the gospel is so important. When the father says to Jesus at his baptism and then at the, uh, at the transfiguration that this is my son, before mm-hmm. he's went to the cross, before he started his ministry, if you go to the baptism, before he's done anything of universal impact, 
He is loved by his father because he is his son, not because of what he did, but because of who he is. To work from a place to have your father say, I am well pleased at you, and I want to celebrate you among other people. Hey, everybody, this is my son in whom I am well pleased to not hear that. And to not have that echoed by spiritual fathers who can approximate your biological father's approval is devastating for a man. And I didn't realize how much I was clamoring for that. And then I was trying to get it in other men in terms of pastors and mentors and stuff like that. And when they disappointed me, it was devastating. Yeah, all of those things came to a head. And then I got some folks to help walk me through it. So now Mm -hmm. I can say, you know, years removed from that that I, I feel like reflecting on it, I can see it with, I can see things I never saw before. I see things that he did that I'm doing <laughs> that I need to work on. I see things that he did that I will never do, but I look at it as something that I can grow from. I see him as a broken man. It's like, I'm a broken man. Yeah, all of those things kind of come together for kind of a different reaction. Bro, you're uh, making me emotional, man. Just, uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel that so deeply, the what you describe. I think a lot of dudes are going to relate to that and feel that deeply. You know, I was thinking about the way you, you talked about your mom being ill. Yeah. And there's books. On, I can't remember the book on it, but they've done research. Like this pain, it, it gets to the cellular level. Yes. It carries with you. Yes, sir. Like, like you can see pain under a microscope. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. Which is just um, fascinating, amazing, and tragic. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Wow. And, wow. and so I say that because there's a lot of dudes who you guys are listening right now. And you're carrying pain that you just keep trying to numb out, whether that's work or I just get, I'll be married. I'll be a better dad. I'll listen to this podcast. I try to be a better dad. I'll, I'll do my Bible study, whatever the thing is. And yet you still have in the back of your mind, in the back of your soul pain, that's like, it's weighting you down. Yeah. And so I would tell you listener, like, bro, have the courage to deal with it. And the way you deal with it is with what KB just said. You come back to your identity in the gospel. Come on, you brother. You have a father yes. that says, I'm proud of you. Yes. I love you. Yes. <laughs> before the accomplishments, like he did you. Yes. Yes. Um, before the accomplishments, whatever you can do as a dad or at work or as a husband or whatever, I'm just, I'm really, really proud of you. Yes. Because sir. you're my son. Yes. And when you have that foundation of identity, I guess it gives you the courage to go back and say, All right, I know who I am in Christ. Mm hmm. So now let me face the stuff that yeah. shaped me as a kid and, yes. and and see where the enemy tried to destroy what God yes. had planned good for me. Powerful, brother. Man. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I'm already running out of time, man. I feel like I'm scratching <laughs> the surface with that. Uh, we got to do this again, yeah, man. Yeah, bro. This we want to so get good. you on Southside Rabbi too, oh, man. man. I would love podcast. to. Bro, yeah. you, for, first of all, you're really good at names. Your book, <laughs> your <laughs> Southside Rabbi. I don't even know like what that what it means or what you guys are trying to get at. I'm already like, I want to, I want to subscribe and be part of that and listen to that. That sounds love amazing. I love and bro, it. we didn't even get to talk about your book, which I was really, really excited about talking about. Yeah. I'll just have to come back. I'll just yeah. Have to dangerous come back. Jesus, man. I, yeah, that's yeah. like, what a great, what a great title. And by yeah. the time this comes out, it'll be out for sale and everyone can go buy that. So highly encourage everybody. As you can tell for you guys that are listening, like KB just has a, you have such a great perspective on life, bro, mm. like a unique perspective and a great mm. way of articulating, obviously. So, um, Amen, bro. Encourage all our guys to go listen to that. Bro, thank you for squeezing out time. I think this went in a direction that I wasn't planning on going, but I think the Holy Spirit had planned for us. Amen, brother. Yes, man, I, I, appreciate I believe you it. Time, man. Amen. God thank bless you. you, Jared. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, bro. Peace. 
Hey guys, as always, I hope that episode was helpful for you on your journey of becoming more like Jesus and helping your family do the same. As a reminder, the Dad Tired Mixtape book is about to release. Make sure you pick up a copy of that wherever books are sold. I pray that it's helpful for you on your journey. I love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.